You're listening to the John Clark Cast. My name is John Clark, licensed counselor, a group practice owner, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today I'm joined by none other than my friend, Dr. Amber Lida. Uh, Dr. Amber Lida joins the show today to talk all things internet in this episode, including why you should Google yourself, uh, how to separate your personal and professional social media profiles, uh, how to deal with getting judged by their therapists, navigating the gray of the internet, internet, and anonymity versus confidentiality. Again, Amber Lida from DrAmberLida.com. Uh, it's a fun one. Let's dive in. You need a phone system for your practice, but I bet that if you're like most therapists out there, you're using a phone system that is leaving you completely exposed and breaking all sorts of HIPAA violations, and I don't want that to be you anymore, and it doesn't have to be if you use Spruce Health. Spruce Health is an all-in-one platform for you to communicate not only securely with your, your clients, but also with your team. It's an amazing platform. There's so many features. Um, it's very affordable. They've got great support. Um, I just love it. It's a great solution for therapists, and you've got nothing to lose by trying it. All you have to do is go to sprucehealth.com to give it a try. It's sprucehealth.com forward slash John, I should say, and you're going to get 20% off your first year. Again, sprucehealth.com forward slash John for 20% off your first year. Amber Lida is back on the show. Amber Lida is a psychologist providing online therapy and coaching and a coaching consultant. I already screwed it up. For therapists (laughs) looking for more, (laughs) capital more, out of their practice and life. Amber Lida, welcome back to the show. How was that? Hey, that was awesome. We're we're kicking it off. (laughs) I'm trying to get better at introducing people. Um. Because it's probably weird if I don't. Weird for who, exactly? I, someone out there. <laughs> They're like, who are these people you have on your show? Pretty you much, know? yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Somebody st- I met at the park today. <laughs> I've even started to introduce myself, which at some point I just stopped doing, you know, because I'm like, okay, well, the, you know, the five people who listen to this show, or they know my name. And then I forget that people still discover it and they're like, they do, they want to know who you are. And so some podcasts are like so structured and like they've got their notebook and things are probably color coded and they were really good students in middle school and I was not. And then (laughs) brings up all of my middle school, you know, blocks. Angst and anxiety. And I'm hoping you can help me with that today. Actually, yeah, wanted to do a live therapy session. Jump straight into it, so you understand the limits of confidentiality. I do. Yep, I already. They don't exist. <laughs> I've already podcast. signed all my rights away. <laughs> oh. Well, I my. haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. What you been up to besides rocking new glasses? Yeah, he's scratching my cornea, rocking you know. some new glasses. I actually have been up to a lot of fun stuff. So I have on my computer right now is badass. I have two monitors and my MacBook Pro at your recommendation. Oh my goodness. And yeah. 
a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse pad and a little home base for my phone. I feel like I can do all the things in my life now because it's all organized. So that's one thing. And then I hired a graphic designer to help me redo my website. And she's basically like a business coach, marketing strategist, and graphic designer all rolled into one. Amazing. So that's been super fun. Like any excuse to play on Pinterest is good for me. Well, that and, you know, going back to the two monitors and the computer, having the gear is half the battle. Yep. You know, because someone walks in or whatever and they're like, yo, what's your setup? You, you know, if your setup is, is legit, um, then really nothing else matters. You know, your credentials, your content, your, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think my credentials matter. Just joking. <laughs> I'm looking at your face like... Uh, Am I rolling with this or not? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding, but it is fun to have cool gear. <laughs> well, absolutely. As we've talked about before, the gear makes you feel able to do the thing. Just like workout gear makes me yeah. feel like I should go work out. Having the two screens makes me feel like I should write my therapy notes. Yeah, or I should do two things at once. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that too. It's also a video gamer's dream. So any video gamers listening, they're like, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You could see two therapy clients, maybe, and one on each screen. No. I think that'd be fine. I don't see any problems with that. (laughs) Weren't we going to talk about boundaries today? Yeah, we are. This is how we lead into it. (laughs) This is the lead in. I'm going to pretend like I have no boundaries, and you're going to show me how. Uh, That sounds good. That sounds good. You did prompt an interesting question, though, around boundaries, content, social media the way things are moving today with everyone having their information out there somewhere and what happens when a therapy client Googles their therapist. Yeah. Have you Googled yourself lately? Oh man. No, I try not to. I'm afraid of what I'll find. (laughs) Yeah. When people are first putting their practices online, that's one of the first things that I have them do. Like Google yourself and let's just see what exists out there. Cause you know, your party pictures from high school, (laughs) <laughs> or college or last week maybe aren't going to be the ideal thing to have mm-hmm. floating out there. But it is hard. And I think I asked you this like a month or so ago, like what do you do with the fact that your podcast is geared towards therapist, mm-hmm. but your therapy clients might listen in on your podcast. And how do you make yeah. sure you're being authentic for your therapist, but not so transparent that would impact your therapeutic relationship with your clients? Yep. That's huge. And I, I'm sure my answer the other day was I have no answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a silly dude on this podcast. And so therapy clients would potentially listen and go, why is my therapist also this silly dude with a microphone and a bunch of cats running around you, him? You would, would they notice a difference in how you present in therapy versus in here? I think they would, but I think that difference is more slim than it used to be. So mm-hmm. I feel like we have to talk about, number one, theoretical orientation. Mm-hmm. Number two, the evolution and the merging of identities between therapist and person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then also like individual clients and what their presentation, yep. like what they might be able to manage and what they wouldn't be able to, and then self-care. Around like how much do I want to share of my whole self mm-hmm. with somebody who's consuming therapy? I don't know. Dep- mm-hmm. Probably depends in part on your client base. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, how much of a blank slate do I need to be in order to elicit psychodynamic reactions and projections from uh, my clients, right? Countertransference and, and projections from my client. If that's a big, really big part of what you do, then yeah, your content is going to be, it's going to, it's going to reveal things that are going to be out of your control, right? Or for a client to come and listen to the show and hear me say the word wife and go, oh, he's straight and he's married. You know what I mean? And actually that happened, that actually happened not long ago. It was funny with one of my coaching clients and I know she's listening. I said the word wife and she was like, you're what? And for some reason, just in her mind, it wasn't even like a thing, but she was like, oh, I, for some reason I just thought, you didn't have a wife. She thinks I'm just this single dude who, with a bunch of cats. You know? <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah, I podcast. guess, yeah, like you know, that was that was her image, right? Or that was an incomplete image based on the information that I put out there in the world. Yep. I don't know. What do you think? I think it gets it's easier if all you're doing is therapy, because then your content is therapeutic content, and so you can make it really aligned with your conceptualization and your, you know, just how you work. I think that if you're going to have your personal social media available, or if you have a second business and part of the way that you generate business in that second business is content marketing, then it gets tricky. I mean, I think about, there are things that I'll say in my online therapist group in a Facebook live that I'm not thinking about my clients being in the room. So as I'm talking about marketing or, you know, what you write in your copy and things like that, I don't have that lens on of like, okay, so how would this sound to a client of mine? So I would never want to put that on YouTube without watching it Mm -hmm. and listening with that client lens in mind and making sure like, okay, does this sound, would this sound weird in any way to Mm -hmm. my therapy clients? It feels tricky. It feels very, very tricky. Feels it feels unknown, right? Because I think the age of the internet and content and, and all this stuff, or building an online practice, is still so new that we don't really know the implications. You know what I mean? We don't know exactly. It hasn't blown back on us, or at least enough of us, enough to really know like what's the standard, what's the happy medium, and to start hearing stories of therapists going yeah, I do have a podcast or whatever, or a non-client facing podcast, even just like a fun podcast. And my Mm -hmm. clients found me or Googled me and went down a rabbit hole. And now what do I do with that? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just asked the other day, if you're a therapist, are you able to to do online dating? You know, what if you find a client or a client finds you on an online dating site? Like, How much of your life are you not able to live because you're a therapist? Where, where's the line? Well, here's here's the interesting thing, right? And and I'm part of it goes comes down to also the way you were trained, both your theoretical orientation and in a way your licensure type. Because um, I was when I was trained as an LPC, the name of the program a year before I joined it was community counseling. And there's this idea, or even this kind of ancient idea of healers being the healer of the community. You know yes. what I mean? Of like in every right and they do healing of any kind, whether it's like a shaman in your community and you all live in this small area. And it's like, of course the healer is embedded in the community and he's part of it. And he also knows everything about everyone. And that's, that's, you know, that's him. He's the dude. Yeah. When I was growing up. And in fact, the counselor who changed my life as a teenager um, and even you know, he was that community person because also I'm from a smaller town and we would see him out at restaurants, right? And he would come up and greet me and my family 
and just do it. And it would never felt like a thing, right? It was almost like seeing your, 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 your minister out or something or like your, your yeah. coach. Did you feel like he had to manage how much of his authentic self he was in public? Like, no, they were could one he really same. let loose? He, really? could, he was completely one and the same. In therapy, he would talk about his kids and his wife and his beliefs. And, you know, and again, I, I don't think it's a right or wrong way to do it. I think that's the way he did it. And he just kind of said, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a, a known therapist in a small community, I'm just going to be, there's going to be no separation between me and, um, and myself as a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I think it feels safe for me clinically and individually to mm -hmm. navigate that as I go and to think about each client individually. I think what scares me and most other therapists are other therapists judgments, including the licensing board of therapists. Well, what's, what's scary about other therapists judging you in particular? So just the other day I was in a Facebook group. This has happened more times than I can count actually. So I'm in a Facebook group and somebody posts something like super generic, like, you know, would you hang fairy lights in your office over the holidays? Something like that. And the reaction was enormous. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, oh, well, I wouldn't because of blah, 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 or, you know, their individual thoughts. I mean, like, that's unethical and this is supposed to be a neutral space. And I mean, it just was so frightening yeah. and yeah. like said with such certainty and in, in, in other groups, similar kinds of conversations, like people even asking for references for books, like, hey, I'm working with somebody with trichotillomania. Is there a book that you would recommend? Yep. And people freaking out, like yep. you're giving identifying information. They weren't at all. Correct. So part of it feels like people just don't know the reality. Part of it feels like because they can jump so quickly to scary, dangerous words, like Correct. unethical or illegal, um, yeah, it just it just feels like you're tiptoeing in a world of people who might not know what they're talking about or might be uber more conservative than you are. I think you're you're nailing it. And I think it's important that we talk about this. Um my um uh one of my team members who manages my Instagram said something this morning. She thought it was really funny that um I think on Monday on this show I said said something um well someone on Instagram commented on a post of mine and their Instagram handle was sensitive therapist. And I made some joke about like, are you a therapist for sensitive people? Or are you just a sensitive therapist? Like most of us, <laughs> like most of us. Right. And I'm like riffing on my own kind, right? Like I'm, right. I'm a sensitive person. And on one hand, that sensitivity is what enables you to do the work. On the other hand, I was kind of alluding to it's, it has become kind of difficult and kind of like we're all walking on thin ice at times, especially when it comes to interacting with other therapists online. Mm -hmm. The anonymity factor is there. Mm -hmm. There's bullying that happens. You know, I talked last week about people getting bullied for their fees by getting yes. bullied by other therapists for their fees and how yep. we are so quick to, to value other therapists who are being critical of us. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's like being friends with like someone who makes you feel worse about yourself. And we do that yes. sometimes out of allegiance or obligation or family ties or whatever. But why are we, why do we do that? And why do we do that to each other as therapists? Right. Well, yeah. And those are two different questions. I think part of the reason that I sometimes listen is fear because there's not any clear cut boundaries yet. We're still in this new pioneering land. Right. So when I hear somebody say that, I immediately go to a fear-based place of like, wait, what if they're right? 
what if I'm doing something really, really wrong and I didn't yeah. even recognize it? So I think that that's why we allow those voices in our heads because the rules just aren't clear yet and we're afraid that we're doing something wrong and we care about our clients and we care about our mm -hmm. careers so we don't want to mess up. Mm -hmm. Why they do it, that's a whole different question. Well, if we were to think of it as a therapist to another therapist, most a lot of times people are projecting mm -hmm. <laughs> their own mm -hmm. stuff or their own anxieties about what other people are doing or for this this therapist in particular the therapist that goes oh your fee is x well how many in, in how many years have you been practicing oh do, yeah. are you emdr certified as if that's the information that this therapist needs to know in order to justify this other therapist fee when it's like it has nothing to do with you that yeah. therapist who's doing the questioning is clearly insecure about his or her fee mm -hmm. To, mm -hmm. So we have to use our therapy skills to see through these insecurities that are playing out, you know, in our community and in, in our industry and especially online because the beauty is we have more ways than ever to connect with each other. I'm, I get to make friends like people like you. Mm -hmm. And the, the other side of it is the anonymity and yep. people are very quick to hop on a Facebook group or wherever and say just you know yeah stake their claim or just be mm -hmm. overly aggressive or insensitive and it makes people you hear more people more and more people messaging you in private or going hey i wanted to ask you this but I'm, i was too afraid in the group yes or i wanted to say hey this is my fee but i was too afraid in the group and that's Absolutely. that's not a good look no and then we can't explore things together right if we if we have to be fearful that somebody's going to kind of bring the hammer down on your head you don't get to explore things like I would love to be able to talk to other online therapists about like, how do you determine if you're going to text clients out of session yeah. and other than just like the, you know, the common only text about appointment times, where would you draw your boundary and why, you know, mm -hmm. what works for this client clinically, what works for you and your self care right, and your boundaries? Right. Like, let's have the conversation yeah, so yeah. that we can find the answers because they don't exist yet. There's no, and there's no quick answer. And so people, someone in a Facebook group will go, is it okay to text clients? That'll be the question. Yes. And everyone will fire back with a yes or a no, or here's why, or this is unethical, or this is a hard and fast rule. What yes. we do is so nuanced. So it's really, it's, it's just really not doing a question like that justice. Mm -hmm. There's a level of risk to all of us in the work that we do. We work with people who are suffering mm -hmm. and have mental health challenges. Many of them are suicidal. Many of them yeah. are at risk. Many of them are struggling with addiction. And and then and yet we get so bent out of shape around therapists who are like, I'm I'm bending and flexing with my client because I'm a human too. Or when therapists go, Is it okay to tell people that I'm married? Well, it depends. It's a big fat it depends for every single yep. you know what I mean, situation. Yeah. Let's bring it back to the content because I think this is really relevant and especially given that a lot of our headspace on this show is about digital marketing and digital world. So mm -hmm. let's say if you're an in-person practitioner and um, just because that's where I use like to start in framing things or talking about things and you have, you think you're wondering, you know, first of all, can people see my social media? So really... <laughs> like a starting point would be looking at the profile settings for your Facebook profile and seeing, is it a, whatever it's called a public profile, whatever. And these settings are so tucked deep into like settings yep. among settings that I remember when I first started my practice 
San Francisco years ago, I couldn't even find the settings to make sure that people couldn't at least freely view my profile. Right. And if people tag you in things, that's different. Oh, that's a nightmare. That's, and then that's a big one too. Like someone could mm -hmm. think they're being funny and tag you in something really not cool or a photo you didn't <laughs> even know about. Right. Yeah. There's a way in Facebook, and I'm sure you know about this, to be able to view your profile as if, you know, you weren't friends with that person, which I did recently and was surprised to see some pictures on there that I didn't realize were public and were just, I was tagged in by a family friend. Not only that, but things like life news, the passing of someone or someone, or you, someone getting married or whatever like that, that is usually the first place that people go to, to like share some sort of big news, right? Or to change a relationship status and clients can very well see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have my, um, so my Instagram, which I hardly ever use is under Dr. Amber Lida. And the weightlifting gym I was going to, I've changed gyms now, um, would tag me in videos that they were taking of my husband lifting weights. So it would tag my professional account <laughs> with videos, not even of me lifting weights, but of my husband lifting weights because he wanted to make sure that I saw it. It's like, we're probably going to need to stop doing that. <laughs> that's a perfect example because then your clients come in, they go, hey, I saw your husband uh, deadlifted, you know. 350 right. over the weekend or whatever. I obviously don't live. I don't even know what numbers are like. Right. I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but you know, they're like, yeah, I saw your husband really crushing it at Planet right. Fitness. And you're like, what? <laughs> or if they didn't even know it was my husband, they're just seeing me like collect videos of people lifting weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, just. What are you into? Dudes in the gym. <laughs> Here's an inspirational quote. Here are dudes in the gym. Inspirational yeah. <laughs> quote. <laughs> it's, um, and, and here, so just to like, I, I, so I think that's one place to start. And if you're listening right now, an action step for those who like action steps is check your settings, both in terms of your profile visibility and other people's ability to tag you. And I think it's good to start with tightening those settings up for now and then decide later if it's really important for you to have them more loose or whatever, or even how people can find you. You can do it where people can only find you in a Facebook search if they are a mutual friend, if they're a friend of a friend. So I think that's an, an added layer of someone even being able to find your profile, right? Yeah, I like that a lot. And then also do your Google search of yourself to see what exists out there. Yeah. And you want to do that in the incognito mode. There you go. Can you explain why, John? Because I can't. Well, because Google is, knows your search history and they're tracking your search history. Um, and you want you would want to Google yourself as a and not an anonymous person with no cookies or search history, basically. So Google can see where you've been. Basically, because Google's, they're um, tailoring your search results based on your preferences, your search history, even the way that they read your Gmail and they do read your mail and everything. They read your calendar. This is how when you, you book a flight to Miami, <laughs> then you look at your calendar and it goes, flight to Miami, May 5th. And you're like, hey, I like that, but also how'd you do that? But also right. I like that. <laughs> but also don't do that. Right. So yeah. that's a good step. Chills. Incognito window. Incognito windows. So command on a Mac, it's command shift N as in new. It's a good one. If you even just want to see like how your site looks, um, if you, if you're not, if you're logged into it or editing it or something, it's, that's another thing. Like I use that a lot to just make sure I'm seeing things like a anonymous person. Mm-hmm. 
So let's say you've managed a couple of those things. You've managed your Facebook settings. You've Googled yourself. And from there, let's say you are putting out a good bit of content, right? Or if content is part of your marketing plan, how do you navigate that? Or how do you tailor your marketing strategy based on your privacy or lack thereof? Mm-hmm. And are you thinking about folks content marketing to build their practice or something else? I guess to build your practice. And I guess if you're putting it out there as part of right. your promoting your practice, you are prom- you're putting on a self that is, Re, you know, that is consistent and professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that kind of I limits you. I do think you. It's, yeah. it's easy. I was just talking to a coaching client earlier today and she was saying how it's easy for her to make content in Facebook Live because there's something about that that feels like you think you're in a closed group even if you're not. Yeah. And you right, right. feel looser because you're just chatting in Facebook. That yep. feels okay. And people are engaging live with you. Yes, but she was like, I don't go back and watch them and I don't upload them to YouTube because I'm a little bit nervous about what did I say. So I think if you're doing live content, just really keep in the front of your mind who your audience is and that if your audience is your client to make sure that you're staying consistent with how you want your clients to see you. Well, and the other reality is, even if let's say you're a brick and mortar practice, a local practice with a Facebook page and you have an active client or yeah, someone in your caseload that goes to your page and likes something or comments or set, or I don't know if like people don't understand how this works. They could go to your Facebook page and type in like, Hey, I've been thinking about our last session or Hey, do you have any openings Wednesday at 12? So I think a lot of therapists have a social media, like informed consent of like, we have Mm -hmm. profiles and if you interact with us on those, you're, you are breaching your own confidentiality. Even if you're just mm-hmm. clicking, I like Charlotte Counseling and Wellness, you are breaching your confidentiality because people can go and see that public list of who liked it. And mm-hmm. they could probably go, why did you like it? Oh, you must go to therapy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, technically, like they're, there's, they're kind of self-breaching their confidentiality, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, and I can't speak to this in depth, because I'll mess it up. But an important thing to do is to research the difference between anonymity and confidentiality. Uh, And it's nice if we protect anonymity, but you're not bound by law to protect it. Just like if somebody's sitting in your waiting room and they see their friend is also sitting in your waiting room, that your, their anonymity is gone, but you haven't breached confidentiality. And maybe the same could be argued for somebody who likes something on your Facebook page or says like, hey, can't wait to see you tomorrow. Right. Maybe they've reached their anonymity. You could think about that as like a virtual waiting room. But unless they say something about their therapy or you do, you might not have breached confidentiality. The other place this plays out is um, is our online listings, right? Or even something like Yelp or Google My Business where a lot of therapists fear getting a bad review and not only getting a bad review, but not being able to have a rebuttal. Because if I'm a sandwich shop and someone says well you put pickles on my sandwich or sandwich or whatever i could say my sandwich my sandwich (laughs) (laughs) we could say we're so sorry for putting pickles on your sandwich and also you ordered pickles dude you know (laughs) that's probably what i would say i'd be like the worst customer service person because i'd like you know i'd probably get yeah i push back you can do that with therapy pickles never hurt anyone it's like (laughs) actually actually i'm allergic and i'm gluten intolerant um i don't know so yeah so, so even right there i probably just you. offended someone by saying by saying right. I'm, I'm 
sensitive to pickles and gluten. You're not sensitive to gluten intolerances. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm, lost I'm a therapy probably client. Not. I'm probably not. I know. <laughs> That's sensitive. not your ideal client. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> If they're sensitive to you making jokes, right. probably not your ideal client. Hey, and that's that's real. Speaking of, this is, okay, total tangent for just one Let's moment. Let's do it. It has to be related to pickles, though. It's not. Okay. Okay. Nope. So <laughs> I was looking at Psychology Today profiles, and, and I'm so sorry if you're listening to this podcast, uh -oh. whoever you are. I'm sure they are. Everyone listens but it, to this show. Every psychologist is listening. Yep. Every mm -hmm. everyone is. So on their on their psychology today profile, what they wrote was my ideal client is someone who blah 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 blah. My ideal client will blah 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 blah. And I'm thinking, oh honey, that was just an exercise with you to make <laughs> who your ideal client like is. I did it. Your, yeah. your clients don't want to hear about who your ideal client is. They want to know if you're their ideal therapist. Right, right. I really wanted to message them and just be like, hey, just want to help you out. I think you, you should. <laughs> I think that would be legit. Or you can just say their name right now and then we can all, we can, they can go fix it. Now, yeah. we should, <laughs> we should do like a live, um, you know, profile audit or something. I think Laura Long yeah. has done something like this, but. Uh, you do that with Laura Long. I'd feel so bad. Really? Oh, I would love it. I she, she so does so it all the time and she reams people. I, would I wouldn't ream anyone. I'd be like, is there another way of saying this? Mm -hmm. Is there another way? Like judgment in your That's eyes. Yeah, yeah. You and your ideal client. <laughs> Funny. Oh, man. So yeah. here's, here's the thing about pickles. No. Um, here's the thing about <laughs> content and an anonymity or lack thereof. I just have this feeling that before too long clients are going to find what they're going to find. You know what I mean? And so going back to your question of like, what if my therapy clients listen to this podcast? I don't know. I'm just, I think there's only so much that we can control the same way that Google's going to read my Gmail, whether I like it or not. So I, that's just my philosophy on it is that that's where things are heading. And I'm, I think it's going to force us all into more visibility as people mm -hmm. and especially as therapists. It's very unique for us. It's different yeah. than even finding my doctor, or my chiropractor online. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's got kids. Yeah, he, you know, he lives in Plaza Midwood. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Right. So it's always going to be, I think, a conundrum for us. And like you said, it's even more reason just to be yourself as much as you can in the stuff you put out there and hope that generally it doesn't blow back on you. Now, I'm not, mm -hmm. let's not say that it wouldn't at some point or a client might not do X, Y, and Z or call me out. Or I've even had, I've had plenty of therapists kind of misquote me on stuff I've said on here or try yeah. to catch me in something, try to catch me in a, Oh, you said this about a Google keyword and now you're saying this. And it's like, oh, I probably did probably screwed up or I changed my mind. That's the other thing too, wow. is that people don't want you to change your mind either. So if you go, right. if you go, I believe that EMDR works and this and that you do a video five years later and you go, well, the research has changed on EMDR and now it's this someone is, there's going to be someone out there that tries to nail you on that. Absolutely. I was just listening to my Facebook lives the other day and there was something I said in an early one that I was like, ew, I don't agree with that at all anymore. <laughs> That's <know>? all right. <laughs> yeah. You learn. You learn you over time. You do. I think this is just a, such a terrible analogy. Do but it. you know how you'll get it. It's terrible. <laughs> but you'll, okay. you'll get it and I think your listeners will too. You know how there was that period of time where 
young kids, before you are my generation, were taking selfies without their clothes on. No doubt. And parents were freaking out, as they should. Parents Uh can freak out about this. But the big fear was, oh my gosh, you're going to end up with like a naked picture on the internet. Like this is going to be the worst thing ever that could ever happen ever. I think there came a time or will come a time when people are just like, yeah, yeah, everybody's got a naked picture on the internet. Right, right. Because that generation behind us, it's so normal for them. It is. And it happened so fast. Right. Right, And I think the same sort of thing might happen with therapists, not with naked pictures, (laughs) but where... This is where this analogy, you have to bring this analogy home somehow. (laughs) There's a lot of pressure here. No therapist getting naked. You're like anxiously looking at your notes, like where did I, where was this analogy supposed to go? Where did I get off? You're here off track. (laughs) Oh Lord. But I think, let me pull it back in before I forget it. You got it. Um... As we get out there more and more, there used to be this idea that therapists had to be very perfect and that we had to, at least in my program, you, like, you need to hold yourself to impeccable standards. I remember That's being it. at a basketball game and my boyfriend at the time was like being very loud, rooting on the other team. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like my clients are in the crowd. They're going to hear him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I just wouldn't care. I'd be yeah. like, whatever, like it is what it is. Yeah. So I think those of us that are kind of at the front end in technology and showing more of our ourselves and the way that we think, we're gonna get more backlash, but eventually all of us are gonna be out there doing that kind of thing and it's gonna be so normal that clients won't have a reaction to it. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, well everybody's got like some podcast or some content that they're so. selling inside. Or to take that one one step further, it could be that clients like need to like see some of that out there to see if you're like, normal or like you know like that you have a digital footprint like most people they they do their research um so you know i i think you summed it up really well though of like we can't be neurotic about it it's like all things in our profession in life you have a reasonable amount of concern about the things that could really go wrong and be create a big mess and then you let the rest go right mm-hmm. you do your due diligence and serve your clients well, right? And and generally manage what you put out there into the world and then you let the rest go. You let let go of you relinquish control and and really focus on just focus on serving your clients, right? Just focus on the service itself. And I think ultimately that that will help. And you know, we'll keep talking about this stuff. And I think again, I'm really glad we tapped into it today because I just think not enough people are talking about it. So I think people mm-hmm. listening are probably kind of relieved and there's just, there's so many other conversations to be had around this stuff. Totally agree. And yeah. I would add, I mean, we could be having conversations about texting. We could be having yeah. conversations about, I mean, clients bringing wine and online therapy, <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think like if you're doing something that's not the norm or you get feedback that it's not the norm, then just get with somebody and do a consultation, get there with another go. professional or two yep. and document sort that. Through it. Right. Yep. Sort right. through the gray area. Well, um, we're going to have to keep talking about this and I'm going to have you back on the show very soon because you had some other really good ideas. We should give people a little uh, glimpse as to some of your other ideas. Maybe. (laughs) Are you about to screen share? Well, (laughs) maybe, but you had some really good ideas. So we talked about visibility, social media, all sorts of stuff. 
Um, ha- yeah, yeah, having two businesses, one client facing, one therapy facing. Um, and then video, yeah. Oh my gosh, we could do a whole another one about video, the different kinds of video, where to host it. Um, maybe that'll be a next one because I think that's super relevant. And that video as a platform is evolving at such a rapid rate. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Amber, how can people find out about you and what do you want them to do next after they listen uh, to this episode? Well, you can hop on my website. It's dramberlida.com, D-R period, Amber Lida, L-Y-D-A.com. And then you can find out all sorts of fun stuff. And soon will be a fancy, flashy new website. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to yeah, be I'm great. Excited. I love it. Dr. Amber Lida at dramberlida.com. Easy peasy. This is a hoot. Thanks for being here. All right. I'll see you soon. Cheers. Want to thank our friends at Spruce Health again for sponsoring this episode. Again, sprucehealth.com forward slash John for 20% off. That's sprucehealth.com forward slash John for 20% off. Do me a favor rate, review, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you are listening. Tell a friend. It helps keep this thing rolling. And um, I hope you have a great week. Take care of yourself. Keep doing great work out there in the world. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Take care.